Okay. Can you turn? Okay, that's good. No, I'm not preaching on the surge. By surge, Todd means the surge of marriages. And he's been asking me to preach on it. I don't understand why. <laughs> okay, let's go straight into the message. Uh, why don't you turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. It's kind of a long passage, but we're going to read it all together. Can you turn it up a little? Is everyone there? Whoa. <laughs> we got to set that mic at a consistent volume. Okay, that's way too loud. Okay. Uh, let's just read. I will read the first verse, and then you can read the next. Okay? Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Amen. Okay, how many of you here, you would consider yourselves to be fit? Okay, and by fit, I mean... I don't mean you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, man, I look good, okay? Because I think some of you think that anyways, no matter what body shape you have, okay? But fit means you exercise regularly and therefore you are healthy. Raise your hands proudly. Not many. And it's all on this side. No, Pastor Caleb. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's be honest here. <laughs> okay, um... Some of you may know that I've actually started working out. I've started training with Shine. Shine is a sister over there. Beautiful sister in the blue dress. And she is a personal trainer. And so I've been training with her for about a month and a half. And how this all happened is I was on the way to the church-wide retreat with the rest of the church members. And Agent and Shine happened to be sitting in front of me. And they started to convince me 
persuade me about the benefits of becoming Shine's first client in her training program. And so here I was sitting to sitting uh, in front of them and just listening to Shine sharing all the benefits. Like, Pastor Lydia, your life is going to change forever. And, you know, like, you're going to feel so much different. You're going to be so much healthier. You know, you're going to get married. You know, actually, I'm not sure if she said that, but that was kind of like the, the unsaid revelation that I got from the Lord. Okay, but I heard that. And then AJ, you know, AJ, our brother AJ is so good at hyping things up. And so he's there, he's like, yeah, puberty, yeah, puberty. And I was like, by the end, I was like, yeah, all right, okay. And so I was on board, you know, by the end of the five-hour bus ride, I was like, yes, I will do this for three months. Go through that pain, pay her to put me through torture, okay? So, you know, it's been six weeks of lots of sweating, <laughs> lots and lots of sweating, lots of enduring pain, okay, in areas of my body that I didn't know I could feel pain in, okay, and just so much, so many different kind of workout routines. But the thing is, you know, physical fitness, it doesn't happen overnight, I'm discovering, but it requires commitment, it requires sacrifice, and it requires a lot of endurance through the pain. So you cannot wake up one day and just look like noble, okay? (laughs) I know, sisters, you don't really want that, but it's true. <laughs> you cannot wake up one day and have noble's muscles miraculously. But, what, you know, physical fitness, it takes the work. You know, it takes time that you have to put in day in and day out, going to the gym. You know, it takes sacrifice. You have to sacrifice the Big Macs and the Costco pizzas and the Coke that I've been wanting to drink. Okay? So it takes sacrifice. And a lot, <laughs> and a lot of endurance. Hey, physical fitness requires that you endure the pain of your muscles breaking down before you see any kind of result, you know, of you becoming healthier, of you looking a little more slimmer in the mirror. And so pain is a prerequisite for physical growth, maturity, and health. Amen? Okay, so I'm not here to convict you about working out because it seems like there's a uh, Shine, you have a large pool of possible clients here in our church. Uh, but I'm here to talk about spiritual fitness and spiritual health, spiritual discipline. Okay, looking jacked in the spirit, buff in the spirit. <laughs> and so let me just suggest to you that be- when you became a Christian, when you first put your faith in Jesus Christ, you pretty much signed up at God's spiritual fitness center. Okay. And it was a lifelong membership that you signed up for. Didn't even know that, did you? Okay, but now you do. And so there's three things I want to talk about, three things I want you to understand. First, I want you to understand the benefits of being in God's spiritual fitness center. I want you to understand your goal, and I want you to understand what it takes, what it costs. Okay, so let's start with the benefits, because there are some wonderful benefits. So when I, tra- uh, when I signed up for Shine's training program, I receive a lot of benefits. You know, I meet with her three times a week, and she guides me through all these different kind of workouts. And when I'm in a lot of pain, she's there to encourage me, like, go, you can do it. Go do it. Come on. You know, and so I receive these benefits. Like, she keeps me accountable about what I eat, all of these different kind of things. And the same way, you, when you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you receive benefits of that membership. 
Because all membership, you know, there's benefits. And it's important that you know what these benefits are if you want to enjoy the fullness of it. And so what are the benefits? You know, there's redemption from the pit. There's fullness of joy. There's hope of glory. There's salvation. You know, benefit after benefit. And some of you, you need to tap into these benefits because you've been letting it just sit around a little too much. Okay? So all the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus are yours. And in fact, these benefits were, it was free. It was bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and you can simply attain it by faith. Okay, next, I want you to understand the goal. You know, when I uh, met with Shine, before we started working out, she was like, so what's your goal? And I was like, I need a goal? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, like, what size do you want to be? Like, you know, how many kilos do you want to drop? You know, all of these things. And I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I need a goal. And, and so in the same way, you need to think about what is your goal in God's spiritual fitness center? But the goal has kind of been set for you, I think. And your goal is to look like Jesus. It's very simple, right? It's to become holy as he is holy. This is why we are called to look to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Of faith. <laughs> I said face because I'm looking at face here. Until that day when we see Jesus face to face, we are being spiritually trained and daily being sanctified to look more and more like him. <laughs> Glad you like that, Rosie. Okay. Thirdly, you have to understand what it costs. What does it take? Okay? Count the cost. Because if you think uh, physical training is tough, spiritual training, spiritual maturity is also not just a walk in the park. You know, as much as we love to ask each other, hey, you know, how's your spiritual walk? How's your walk with the Lord? You know, a lot of times it does not really feel like a walk. It doesn't feel like you're just walking through the park last I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, myself, Brianne, and uh, Rosie, we went to the park in Seomyeon. There's a new park. I don't know if you guys know. You should check it out. It's really big. And we were walking, you know, sitting on the grass, enjoying the sun, getting some coffee, you know, different things like this. But our spiritual walk, quote-unquote walk, doesn't really feel like that. And so I feel like that phrase can be misleading. In fact, the writer of Hebrews tells us in the chapter that we read, Hebrews 12, that we are running a race. That is set before us. And so spiritual training and maturity is like a race. It's like a marathon. It's like a CrossFit workout session. You know, which I heard is very intense. You know, it requires, once again, your time, your commitment, your sacrifice. You know, I cannot just impart to you my spiritual discipline and my maturity. That doesn't happen. I cannot just pray for you and then you wake up and then you have what I have. But maturity happens as you... Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So once again, physical fitness is not a painless overnight process. And with spiritual maturity, you also have to learn to push through the pain. Okay? Or as a writer of Hebrews 12 says, to run the race with endurance. And so as the Lord begins to train us and discipline us, you start to feel the burn. Have you guys felt the burn? In your muscles when you work out. And then when we work out, we're like, yeah. Feel the burn. And it's like, you know your muscles are growing. You're being, you know, strengthened. But spiritually, when we feel a burn, we're like, no. A lot of times, right? We're like, God, no. But I really feel like 
when we feel the burn, it's the pain from the fire that God is bringing us through to purify us and to sanctify us. And we can literally feel him stretching our limits of faith by the test of faith that he presents before us. And I felt like when I was praying that, I felt like some of you here today, you've been feeling that burn. Some of you, God has been stretching your faith to new levels. And God has been asking you to die to yourself all over again. You know, he's been disciplining you and confronting different heart issues, renovating your heart. And the race that you're running has been getting a bit tiring, a bit overwhelming, exhausting. But my goal today is that you will leave encouraged, Amen. that you will leave uplifted and strengthened to run this race with endurance, to not give up, but to know that the pain that you're going through is bringing a gain. Okay? And this very moment in time, you may feel like, man, I'm being weakened. Because sometimes when you're working out, you feel so weak, you feel so tired. But the opposite is true. You're becoming stronger, you're becoming fitter, you're becoming better equipped for what is to come. So understand the benefits, the goal, and the cost, and run with endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In the New Testament, the word endurance is used to describe a man who is not swerved, not moved from his goal and his loyalty to the faith, no matter how great his trial and suffering is. So today I want to talk about running with endurance, running in such a way that no matter how painful and difficult your circumstances may be, how desperately you just want to give up right now, That you don't run away from the pain, but you run through the pain. And you persevere towards the goal. Water. (laughs) Thanks. You know, I really, I really don't like running. (laughs) Just to be honest. You know, I know some of you here don't even like walking. But... (laughs) I like walking, okay? I'm not that bad. I don't like running. And it's funny because I ran cross-country when I was in high school for about two or three years. Yeah, nobody knew that? Oh, maybe I should share more. <laughs> so I ran cross-country. I had this amazing coach named Mr. Oling who used to actually run for, um, he used to train for the Olympics. So he was really good. And every cross-country season, he used to go around the hallways of the school being like, join cross-country, join cross-country. And I think that's why I joined. And his model was, rain, snow, sleet, or hail, cross-country will prevail. And so we would talk, we would like say that every time when it rains. Rain, snow, sleet, or hail, cross-country will prevail. I'm like, yes, let's go run. Okay? And so, but you know, I really don't enjoy running. Even, you know, after cross-country, I would, you know, run for different seasons to lose weight or whatever. And there's never a time when I'm running and I'm thinking, this is so great. I just want to run an extra mile today. You know, I don't really do that. And I think part of it is, like, I had kind of trauma from my first uh, cross-country race that I took part in. I think it was, like, in Tegu. It was really hot. I was dehydrated. And as soon as I finished the, as soon as I crossed the finish, the finish line, I fainted. <laughs> you can laugh. It's okay. Um, I fainted. And I remember thinking, man, God, I really don't want to die right now. Like, I woke up and I was like, God, I'm too young to die. (laughs) And then I had to drink this Powerade and I threw it all up. And all, you know, it was just traumatic. But one thing that I've learned from running is the fitter your body becomes, the easier it becomes to run and the more enjoyable it becomes. And so I want to present to you four ways to boost your endurance. 
Okay, the first one, number one. Okay, First Corinthians 9.24 in the ESV says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. Or in the New Living Translation, it says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Okay, so first way to boost your endurance is run to win. Everyone say run to win. Here, whenever I read this verse, I felt really uncomfortable because my personality, I'm not very competitive. I'm the type of person that, you know, in a race, if everyone can hold hands together and cross the finish line together, I'll be very happy. (laughs) I was like, yay, we all get first place. Okay, that's me. (laughs) So whenever I read this verse, I was like, oh, mm," you know. But I feel like Paul here is, he's not saying that Christian life is one huge competition and we're all trying to leave each other in the dust. I'm going to beat you, right? That's not the attitude that he's proposing here. But what he is saying is, is he is saying, you know, just like an Olympian would train for the gold, would set their eyes on the prize, and would put in those countless hours of training day in and day out, live in such a way. Give your everything so that no matter what obstacles may come, you won't give up in the middle. Don't aim to be mediocre, but aim to win the gold. And, you know, whenever I hear the word endurance, I often thought it just meant making it to the end, you know, just surviving. But endurance here is not just making it to the end. Because in the kingdom, God does not desire for any mediocre sons and daughters, okay? He does not just want you to walk away with a t-shirt. You know, whenever you (laughs) run those marathons, you get like a t-shirt. Or if you do a little bit better, I think you get like a medal. Is that right? So he doesn't just want you to walk away with a t-shirt. Or medal, but your goal is to run with endurance to win the race. Because if you have that attitude, that goal set in your mind, no matter what comes against you, you're gonna still pick up and run. And have you ever been around a competitive person? You know, when I think of competitive person, I think of Kelly. She's in the back over there. Noble, can I share the story? Okay. <laughs> so. Back in the days during our church plant, you know, beginning church plant days, I remember we were in Noble and uh, Roy's house, I believe, and Noble and Kelly started to play Wii Boxing. And uh, Kelly was wearing, like, a full skirt. You know, she was not, like, you know, in any kind of appropriate gear. She was wearing a full skirt, and she still beat him. And I don't know, I don't think she has any experience playing Wii Boxing. And she beat him at, at a darts, too, even though she has no experience. And the thing about Kelly is she hates losing. Like, she will get mad at you if you beat her. So that's the competitive spirit that she carries. And I feel like with Kelly, it was like, you know, it, it didn't matter if she was wearing a skirt. didn't matter what, you know, what obstacle was before her, whether she had experience or not. Because her eyes were set on winning. And with you, it's the same way. When you live, you know, this, when you run this Christian race, Your eyes need to be set on the prize to run to win. That will give you the endurance to pick up and to go. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, uh, it talks about looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the writer of Hebrews is not saying just look to Jesus and his pain and the suffering because that will make you feel a little better because... 
at least you didn't have to die on the cross. Okay, that's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is look to the victorious one. Look to, like we're saying, the champion of heaven. Because when you look to him and you realize that Jesus is victorious in your life, then you're going to run for the gold. Why would you, why would you do anything less? When Jesus has been victorious over sin and death, when he is the one who overcame the world for you. Not so that you can live mediocre lives, but you can live lives that aim for the gold. Uh, brothers and sisters, if your goal is to just participate in the kingdom, you will not find the strength to endure. But if your goal is to give your utmost, give it your all, that even when you feel like you can't, you will find the strength to continue. Okay, second way to boost your endurance is believe. Everyone say believe. believe. If you're a runner, you know that half of the battle is in your mind. <sighs> so many times when I run, I'm like, you can do this. <laughs> and I'm just running like 30 minutes. I feel like I'm going to die after like 15. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, the battle is in the mind. And studies have shown that the mind is always a step ahead of the body. So when athletes, they do like a exercise test and exhaustion, they quit, not because their muscles are physically incapable of continuing. It is actually capable. They are actually capable, but they're not able to mentally endure the pain. And so they just give up. Dr. Joanne Dahl-Coder, a sports psychologist, consultant to Olympic medalists, she says, quote, the mind and body are so well connected that to achieve a good outcome, you need to have the proper toughness mindset. The right internal state must be created first. And once you feel right inside, a quality performance can occur naturally and effortlessly. The appropriate internal state can bridge the gap between what you think you can accomplish and what you actually achieve, unquote. So what is this appropriate internal state of the believer that's going to allow you to run with endurance? It's faith. It's confidence in the promises of God. It's to be sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. The faith is what bridges the gap between what you think you can accomplish and what you can actually achieve. Now, this is why the writer of Hebrews begins chapter 12 with, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And the word therefore, where does it point to? It points to Hebrews 11. And when we look at Hebrews 11, the entire chapter is about what? Faith. It's the hall of faith. Okay? And here you have men and women of faith, heroes and heroines of faith in the Bible. Abel and Cain, Enoch, Noah, David, Abraham, okay? and Sarah. Yay, women. Sarah. Okay? Sarah, who by faith received the power to conceive a child when she was like 100 years old. Right? That's faith. And the author of Hebrew encourages us to look at these men and women. Look at the great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding you. Stand upon their testimonies and believe that you also can finish the race strong. But what encourages me personally is that these men and women were not perfect. And in Hebrews 11, it just kind of talks about the good things that they did. But if you actually go back and read their stories, man, they messed up pretty big at times. You know, if you look at Sarah, even when she was given that promise uh, of a child, what did she do? She laughed. Moses was a man of many insecurities. You know, he was just like, God, I can't go and talk to Pharaoh. You know, my, I'm not good at speaking. You know, and just kept on telling God that he wasn't good enough. 
David stumbled in the sin of adultery and murder. Rahab, who's also mentioned in Hebrews 11, was a prostitute. So this should encourage you. <laughs> we have murderers, prostitutes, adulteresses, okay? insecure people in this Hebrews 11 hall of faith. Are you encouraged? You should be. I'm encouraged. Okay? Because if you've disqualified yourself from this race, because there are times when you feel like, I'm not good enough. I can't go on. I make too many mistakes. Life that is filled with regrets. But what I'm saying to you today is, there is still hope for you. That you can pick up and you can run this race. And you can finish strong. Okay, third way to... Boost your endurance is burn the fat. Turn to your neighbor and say, burn the fat. fat. (laughs) Let the conviction settle. (laughs) Hey, Hebrews 12, 1. Once again, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Okay, I've never really seen fat people run fast. <laughs> okay, maybe I shouldn't say fat. Wow. Overweight. Wow. Sorry. Need to be more PC. Okay, uh, overweight people. Overweight. Okay. A little heavier people. Uh, fat people. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, overweight people have a hard time running. Or if you're not overweight, I want you to imagine just trying to run with uh, a backpack on or some kind of heavy object. The other day, I was trying to run with an umbrella because it was raining outside. And that itself also slowed me down, even though the umbrella, Josh's umbrella, was very light. Okay? But runners who are serious about running, they want to be successful, what do they do? They train to strip off every ounce of excess weight. Every ounce of fat that doesn't need to be there, okay? Dead weight. Excess weight puts pressure on the legs. It makes it so that it requires more effort to move. It reduces your speed, reduces your endurance, and it also makes you more prone to injuries. So the runner tries to train his body so that it's streamlined to perform at maximum efficiency. Now, spiritually... In the Greek, the word weight was used to refer to bad habits and sins. And when we run the spiritual race, it's important that we strip off every ounce of excess weight, okay? Every ounce of sin, every ounce of all the bad habits. Strip off the unnecessary baggage. Strip off, you know, any kind of pride that will make you stumble. Any kind of sin that tries to entangle you. Fear that tries to paralyze you. Addictions that try to keep you in the pit. False mindsets. And with each person, it's kind of different, right? The dead weight that you carry, it could be different from person to person. And so it's important that you identify what it is in your life so that you can run light. For some, it's just a situation or circumstance that's been weighing you down. It's been burdening you. And with that, God is saying, you know, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Okay, Take down, put down those burdens. You know... If you're struggling with a sin or addiction, let me just encourage you to not just to live with it, because that's the temptation. Let me just, you know, I've lived with this so far. I can just manage it. You can't manage sin. 
Okay, you cannot manage sin. It will one day catch up with you. It will make you prone to injuries. It will hurt you in the end. So my encouragement to you is, if you're struggling with a sin or addiction, take steps of freedom. Talk to a leader in this house. There are many leaders here who are willing, who are able to walk with you to take those steps of freedom. Now, if you want to become even more lighter on your feet, and you're, you know, very serious about running, what do you do? You go out and you buy streamlined shoes and, you know, and uh, clothes, breathable clothes, right? And, you know, these clothes would minimize resistance. It would maximize com- comfort. It's going to allow you to run faster, allow, allow you to run with greater endurance. Uh, have you ever bought a perfect pair of running shoes? It's the best feeling, you know? I remember having one of those, and uh, I remember wearing it and, then, and starting to run, and I was like, wow, I didn't know what I was missing out on. You know, it's like a whole different experience, whole new world. And you see, what you wear and put on determines your level of endurance in the race. And the same way, what identity you are wearing okay, can determine how fast you are going, how much you can endure in this race. Because... You know, if you're wearing an identity of, I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, I'm, you know, shameful, these things are going to slow you down. And the thing is, some of you, you've been wearing it for so long that you don't even realize what it feels like to not have it on you. You don't even realize what it feels like to have perfect pair of running shoes. You don't even realize what it feels like to wear God's identity, what he calls you to be. And so, you know, I encourage you, once again, to put on the identity that the Lord is giving you. Okay? Because the point is to get rid of whatever creates resistance, whatever is hindering you from moving forward with ease. Okay, lastly, I believe this is the last one. Number four, uh, the fourth way to boost your endurance in this race is, uh, I'm just going to call it, Actually, let me read the verse first. Hebrews 12, 4 through 6. I'm just going to read it again. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Everyone say resisted. Resisted. Okay, the final key to boost your endurance is this. Resistance training. (laughs) Resistance training. Okay, it is to submit yourself to the discipline of the Lord, which often come in the form of resistances in your life. Okay, let me explain. First, I'm going to start with what is resistance training? Those of you who have never really exercised. Quote from emedicinehealth.com. Yes. <laughs> resistance training is any exercise that causes the muscles to contract against an external resistance with the expectation of increases in strength, tone, mass, and or endurance. The external resistance can be dumbbells, rubber exercise tubing, your own body weight, bricks, bottles of water, or any other object that causes the muscles to contract. So it's like weightlifting, put it simply. 
You see, the, to build your endurance, the Lord disciplines you oftentimes by allowing your spiritual muscles to contract and work against overcoming situations, circumstances, even temptations that resist you and that come against you. In his sovereignty and wisdom, there's going to be some opposition that the Lord does not just remove from your lives. No matter how much you want it to be gone, how much you contend for it to be gone, for a season, he will allow it. Let me find my place. For season, he will allow it as a form of discipline. Okay? And it's not to destroy you, but it's to tear your spiritual muscles in order for those muscles to be healed and in order for it to grow. And some of you, I feel, I've been feeling like you've been facing opposition in your workplaces, it could be. Maybe some difficult coworkers, coworkers who misunderstand you, uh, who you know gossip behind your back. It could be your families, families who, family members who persecute you for your beliefs manipulate you, or it could be just a personal situation, maybe finances, whatever it may be. But as soon as you feel the discomfort and the pain, let me just advise you, don't right away just start praying, God, take this away from me right now. Let this cup pass from me, okay? But your response should be one of discernment, okay? Because the very situation that you are asking the Lord to remove from your life, it may be something that he has divinely placed for your own growth and maturity. You know, imagine if I met up with Shine and we're training and she's like, okay, you're going to do, what are some exercises that we do? <laughs> dead, dead, deadlifts? You're going to do deadlifts today. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, now that you've done it, you could do more. You, I know you can do more. And she puts more weight on. I'm like, no. No, what if I always went to her and that was my attitude? Imagine how difficult it would be for her. And even for me, like, I'm not going to really get stronger, right? But I feel like that's what we do sometimes. Whenever we face difficult situations, we're like, no, God, no. Surely this isn't from you. Well, it can be from him. (laughs) Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And let me just clarify here. It's important that you understand what the word discipline is. Because a lot of times when we hear the word discipline, we immediately think of punishment. And that makes no one happy. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I used to get beat. <laughs> Korean families, you know, we don't, we don't mess around. You take out the men-men, right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you here, you just got grounded or timeouts. No. <laughs> that was not part of our lives. <laughs> or my life, at least, okay? I would get beat with a stick or those uh, rice scooper things. Those things hurt. The wooden ones, oh man. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, but the word discipline is not beatings. Because when we hear the word discipline as punishment, all we're going to think is, you know, the, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, so do not despise his chast- uh, chastening. You know, then we, we think of a God who's holding a stick and being like, I'm going to beat you with this, but you better not despise me for it. <laughs> you know, you better actually thank me for it because I love you and that's why I'm doing it. No, but that's not God's heart. And even even for my mom, she would say that to me. I'm doing this because I love you. I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's true. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. And the word discipline in the Greek, it's padia. It refers to the whole training and education of children. So it can include punishment, but it also includes teaching, 
of morals, it includes encouragement. It includes affirmation for doing what is right. And it also includes giving increased responsibilities. And one thing, you know, when you discipline your child, your disciple, your trainee, if you're a a personal trainer, you give them challenges that are at their level of difficulty that will allow them to grow the most. Because if it's too easy, it's just going to stunt their growth. It's going to be boring, right? And it's just going to be unproductive. So, you know, if I can do 50 squats and Shine just asks me to do 10 every day, I'm just going to get bored. I'll be like, whatever, you know, this is dumb. That's what I'm going to do. There's going to be no growth. But if she disciplines me way beyond what I'm able to handle, then it's going to just be overwhelming. It's going to be discouraging. And I'm just going to, you know, in the end, it's going to be harmful for me. So when God disciplines you, And brings resistance training in your life. You need to trust that it's a level of challenge that is perfect for you in this season. You need to know that he knows what you can handle. Not you. One of the first things that God spoke to me when I started working out with Shine was submit to Shine. I was like, (laughs) snap. Okay. And and I, I constantly remind myself of that when I'm working out. When she's like, okay. And she makes it heavier, you know. Those work, different things that I'm doing, she makes it heavier. And inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. But I need to trust that she knows what I can handle. I need to know and I need to submit to her. And the same way, you need to submit to the Lord and to his wisdom in the disciplines that he brings into your life. And so, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary when he disciplines you. No, do not grow weary when he adds that extra weight on you. He is a father who loves you and he knows you perfectly and he's committed to your maturity and growth. And I'm just going to mention this really briefly. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I like this verse because it's real. It keeps it real. It's painful. (laughs) It's not pleasant. Okay, So you can acknowledge how painful your situation is. You can say, yeah, it's painful. But my... You know, encouragement to you is don't look at the pain. Don't think about the pain because if you're constantly focused on the pain, that's not going to do anything for you. But look to the fruit that is being born. Look at how you're able now to face situations that used to create a lot of anxiety in you, but now you just, you're not moved at all by it. Why? Because God brought you through certain things. He strengthened you. And finally, I'm going to end with this. Verse 12 through 13. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. So therefore, knowing that you're running a race that is headed for victory, looking at the victorious one, lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees. Knowing that Jesus endured the cross, he was resurrected, and now you live through his resurrection power, strengthen your weak knees, lift your drooping hands. Okay, knowing that, you know, God is a God who's a father who loves you. He can turn around every situation and circumstance that's been difficult for you. He will turn it around for your good. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Do not grow weary. Do not give up. But run this race with endurance. So that like Paul, Apostle Paul, at the end of your days, you can say what he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Amen. Let me pray for you.
Father, I just thank you that you have been pouring out just a spirit of joy upon us throughout this service. And God, I believe that it is so apt, so appropriate, Lord, that you are pouring out your joy upon us because your joy is our strength. And so, God, I pray right now, Lord, just strength upon your people. God, strength to once again pick up and to run, to run with endurance. God, I just speak encouragement and strength upon your people right now. And God, I remove every kind of heaviness, every kind of weight, God, that is not of you. I remove it right now in Jesus' name. And God, I just speak joy, the fullness of joy upon your people, that they will go forth in strength, that they will be led forth in peace. Yeah, so Father, we thank you that you are the God of encouragement, that you went before us, that you paved the way. Jesus, that you indeed are the champion of heaven. We love you, we thank you, we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.